Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and shout unto God. Voice of triumph. Let's bless his holy name. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's love him together. He's worthy. He's worthy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Lord bless you for your faithfulness to the house of God. Amen. And let's be faithful tonight to the presence of the Lord and the Spirit of God in this house. Faithful to the Word of God and the ministering of His Word. Amen. It takes more to be the church than just to go to a church building. Amen. This building is not the church. Amen. You are the church of the living God. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. Amen. That's not a building. That's not an edifice. Amen. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. Amen. I uh, honor, amen, your good pastor and his precious wife tonight. Amen. Thankful for the goodness of the Lord. Thank God for revival in Olathe, Kansas. Amen. That's why we're here. Amen. I said we're here for revival. Amen. Amen. I said we're here for revival. We might as well have some more tonight. We've been having revival. Amen. Let's have some more. Amen. Let's let it go where God would have it to go tonight. Amen. Brother Goff was mentioning being changed by the word. The Bible said at Paul's writing, he said that speaking of others, the word preached did not profit them. He said, just paraphrasing that setting of Scripture, we were all in the same service. We all sang the same songs. We all read the same scripture. We all heard the same preaching. He said, but there were those that were not affected. The word preached did not profit them. Now, that's strong words. The preaching did them no good. It wasn't because the preaching wasn't good preaching. It's not what he's saying. The problem wasn't the pulpit. I'm not... I'm not trying to justify myself tonight. I'm just trying to help everybody in this place. He said there was preaching that went forth, and there were those that it profited, and there were those that it did not profit. What made the difference was whether or not what was preached was mixed with faith in them that heard. The effectiveness of my ministry tonight in your life is up to you. I have a responsibility as an evangelist to pray and seek the face of God and, and uh, live a clean life, live a life that God can anoint and have a ministry that God can bless. That's my responsibility. Amen. But the, you have a responsibility. Amen. It's not all on you, but you have a responsibility tonight. Oh, what glorious things happen when everybody does what they're supposed to do. 
Amen. The devil's going to do what he does. He'll do everything you let him do. God will do what he does. He'll do everything you let him do. Amen, amen. The devil wants to impose his will over you, but that is your decision. And God will not impose his will over yours. You have to submit your will. Very little that God and devil have in common, but the will of man is what they have in common. They can only exercise the power that they are given the right to exercise. Amen. We, we, we've dealt with this already. If it was up to the devil, it's all bad. If it's up to God, it's all good. Amen. But we know it's up to us tonight, don't we? Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Nehemiah, the fourth chapter. Thank you, Pastor Riggin, for this opportunity. We do not take this lightly. We are honored to be here in Olathe. Feel good about what God is doing. Amen. I don't have all the answers, but I've been, amen, involved in the kingdom of God long enough to recognize special opportunities. Please hear me tonight. This is a very special opportunity for this church. Not because it's me, but I believe all things work together. And we're here for a reason. Amen. We're not here just to fill this pulpit until your pastor has strength enough to come back and preach. That's, that's really not why we're here. Amen. We're here to see Holy Ghost, apostolic, true blue, sure enough revival. Amen. And, and, and that, that just covers everything. We're here to have it all. Amen. Verse number 1 of Nehemiah 4, But it came to pass, that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, would you say Sanballat said? He said, what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Verse 3, now Tobiah the Ammonite. So we've got Sanballat and his compadre, Tobiah, was by him. And he said, somebody say Tobiah said. Tobiah said, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Amen. Amen. Verse number 11. Bible said our adversaries said. Somebody say our adversaries said. This is what the adversaries said. They shall not know neither see till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease, our adversaries said, this is what we're going to do. And they, they can't do anything about it. 
Amen. Notice verse number 10, the previous verse from what we just read. And Judah said, would you say Judah said? Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. There is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. There's too much wrong. It's too bad. I pray to God that just reading that does not intimidate you. This, 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 this happened to these folks and and Paul said to the Corinthian church, these things happen to them for examples and they're written for our admonition. Amen. This is in the book for a reason. God wanted us to know what Sanballat said. And he wanted us to know what Tobiah said. And he wanted us to know what the adversaries said. And evidently he wanted us to know what Judah said. Amen. Amen. Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. Amen. I feel a Holy Ghost mandate upon this service tonight. don't know what you come expecting, but this is what the Lord wants to talk to us about tonight and not just talk to us, but confirm His Word with signs following. God wants to send a Holy Ghost witness to His Word tonight. Amen. Look at your neighbor and ask them, say what? Amen. That's what I'm going to try to preach about tonight. Say what? Amen. Everybody say it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Lord bless you. Now, there's just a lot of common sense involved in living for God. I, I, I really want to help everybody tonight at the outset of this message that living for God is really not difficult if you don't let it be. God is not hard to comprehend. His ways, I know, are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. His word declares as high as the heavens are above the earth. So are my thoughts above your thoughts and my ways above you. I, I get all that, but God is not hard to understand. His truth endures, the Bible said, to all generations. Amen. Truth is able to be comprehended by those that want to comprehend truth. Amen. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. And so living for God is not mystical. It's, it's not impossible. The will of God is very uh, attainable. God has a preference, and he has manifested and revealed his preferences, his will, his desire, his purposes through his word. Can you say amen? And so 
There's just a lot of common sense involved in living for God. There's just things that by the Word of God and by having the Holy Ghost, it just makes good sense. I don't have to stop and think about everything. There's just some things that I know. Paul said, I know him whom I believe, and I am persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I've got confidence in God because of what I know uh, about God. It meant there's no two people in this room exactly alike. It meant we even got a set of twins here, but I, both of them are very glad uh, they're not just like their twins. Amen. Even if they were identical twins, both boys or both girls, they, they would be glad that they were themselves. We all have uh, different personalities and different perspectives, and we're different. We're individual. Amen. And, and, but, but everybody that wants to can live for God. Everybody that wants to can be anointed. You can live an effective life in the kingdom of God. It meant, yes, that is a word of faith, but it's not to prop you up or to hype you up. I'm just manifesting biblical principles. I know all have sinned, the Bible said, and come short of the glory of God. I also know that if we confess our sin, same book says this, uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us uh, from all uh, unrighteousness. Amen. And so we have, uh, we have read uh, tonight from uh, this familiar account uh, of Nehemiah and uh, how that he had a burden to see uh, revival. In Jerusalem. Amen. He had a desire to see uh, the will of God done in the midst uh, of God's people. I want you to know a real burden and real desire and real concern uh, will always be facilitated by a spiritual opportunity. Amen. Somebody hear this tonight. If you really care, God will really give you an opportunity to do something about it. If you have a real burden, God will see fit uh, that you have a chance uh, to manifest that burden. Amen. You can come to revival service on Tuesday night and just go through the motions and feel better about yourself. Uh, pat yourself on the back and say, well, I went to church one more time. Uh, amen. And nothing ever really happens uh, but a real burden uh, and a real desire and a real purpose uh, and a real passion. Uh, amen. God will make room for that. Hallelujah. Do you believe what I'm preaching tonight? Uh, God will make room for the desires of his. I'm taking way too long to get started tonight. Amen. But I'm telling you the desire of God's people affects the heart of God. 
There are things that God wants to do. But again, he is waiting for an opportunity to be the God he always wants to be. God always wants to do good things for his people. God always wants to forgive sin. Revival is always the will of God. It's all, it's his good pleasure, the Bible said, to give you the kingdom. It's the Father's good pleasure, Jesus said, to give you his spirit. We're not here trying to decide, does God want to move tonight? He always wants to move. We're not here trying to determine, is God wanting to help somebody tonight? He always wants to help. We're not here trying to figure out tonight, uh, amen, is everything going to come together just right and so something good can happen. Uh, amen, the devil always is against it uh, and God is always for it. Uh, I want to know how you feel about it. God gets no glory out of his people being in bondage. God gets a lot of glory out of deliverance, but no glory out of bondage. I understand that there, there's some things sometimes that God lets happen that we don't understand, but you know, if you just hang around long enough, you'll understand it. You know what? Oh, my Lord, have mercy. I want to be trustworthy with God's knowledge. I want God to be able to trust this preacher with whatever he wants to do. Now, I want to be careful here. Whether or not it was the will of God for Paul and Silas to be arrested that day, I don't really know. I do know it was the will of God for them to take authority over that demonic spirit. It was the will of God for them to be anointed by God to take authority over that spirit of divination and cast it out of her. Revival in Philippi was, amen, and still is the will of God. And it looked like revival is sure enough about to break out around here. Amen. We are upsetting the devil's apple cart. Amen. But but the perspective uh, uh, changed rather rapidly because before, amen, they knew it. They were beaten, bound, bloody, bruised, and cast into the inner prison. Now, let's just be blatantly honest with ourselves. Had we been Paul and Silas, you know what some of us would have done. I mean, I would have said, well, this just must be the will of God. This just must be where God wants me to be. And, and yeah, very likely. Amen. But, but why? Why did God allow that to happen? I, I, again, I've never preached it quite like this, but I believe God knew Paul and Silas. He knew what they would do about midnight. No matter what 
had happened to them. No matter how much pain they were in. No matter how bad a day they had had. Paul's, God said, and if you will, I, I, I can trust Paul and Silas. Go ahead, devil. Amen, I'll back off a little bit. You just give them your best shot. Go ahead and let them. How, my Lord, how could God let these two men be whipped? How? How could God let them be tormented? How could God let them be beaten and bound and cast? These are God's people. This is God's man. Amen. I don't, there's some things about the will of God I don't understand. Acts chapter 12, I don't understand. Amen. How James was allowed to be killed with a sword. Amen. I just know that God's faithful and he's God and he knows what he's doing. Amen. We'll understand it better by and by. Hallelujah. I just know one thing right now. Amen. Those involved in Acts 12 and even James himself has no problem with what happened. So I'm not going to have a problem with James, the brother of John, being killed by the sword. Amen. And so there's just some things that we don't understand. How could God let this happen? But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Man, and God said, you know what? If they're going to do what they're supposed to do, they're not going to do it by themselves. Amen. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. They could have sat in the prison and felt sorry for themselves, but that's not what they were supposed to do. They could have gotten offended at God and said, how could a good God let bad things happen to these two good men? But that's not what they were supposed to do. Job could have charged God foolishly. Job could. He may have gotten offended at God. Job could have shook an angry fist in the heavens and said, I don't understand why. But that's not what Job was supposed to do. But Job did what Job was supposed to do. And so, so did God. He turned it around. And when God... When God was through being God for a man that did what he was supposed to do, he meant he had twice as much as he had before the problem ever came. Amen. I'm in the Holy Ghost for some folks around here tonight. Amen. I'm not looking for bad things to happen. I'm not looking for tribulation. I'm not looking for oppression. I'm not looking for problems. I'm not just living from trial to trial and from problem to problem. Amen. I'm not living for God with a chip on my shoulder. But when hard times come, I want to do what I'm supposed to do. When living for God is easy, I want to do what
what I'm supposed to do. And when living for God is hard, I want to do what I'm supposed to do. When I just show up to church and the glory comes down, I want to do what I'm supposed to do. And when I come to church and it's locked down tighter than a drum by every demon in Johnson County, I still want to do what I'm supposed to do as the church. Hallelujah. We're not waiting on hell's permission to have revival. And we're not waiting on God to make up his mind whether or not he wants revival in Olathe, Kansas. That's been settled a long time ago. Abraham, there's going to be some bad stuff that happens in future generations. God told Abraham they're going to go into captivity. But that's not all he told him. He said, after a time, I'm going to turn it around. And I, as the God that allowed them to go into captivity, will be the God that brings them out of captivity. Now, let's be honest with ourselves again. How many times have we sat around with everything that's going wrong? We know that God is all-powerful. I mean, we know what the book says about him being the almighty. We know God is omniscient. We know he knows everything. So we know he knows everything and we know he can do anything. And so a lot of times what we do with that is we just leave it all up to God. And and, and we get a fresh baptism of human justification. And we start singing that song, when the Lord gets ready, you got to move. You may be high, you may be low. When the Lord gets ready, you've got to move, you've got to move. And so we sit there and we say, well, when the Lord gets ready, I'll get my miracle. When the Lord gets ready, I'll get delivered. When the Lord gets ready, I, I really want to. Lord, if if, if you're taking votes, I vote for victory. Preach it. Brother Evangelist, I want victory. God's a God of victory. Preach it, preacher. And as long as I'm talking about the power of God, the purpose of God, the ability of God, amen, you're jumping out of your Holy Ghost skin. Amen, but you're fixing to jump right back in your skin. Because this is what God told Moses out of the burning bush. 
God said, Exodus chapter 3, I have seen the affliction of my people. God said, I know what's going on with my people. I know what's going on. I see it. He said, two verses later, I'm come down to deliver them. Oh, that's what I, that's, oh man, oh yeah. Oh, that's it, Brother Walter. He saw and he came. Wait just a minute. There's something between God saying, I have seen and I am come. God said, between I have seen and I have come, he said, I have heard the cry of my people. It's not really all that complicated. Amen. There's just, just common sense. God's performance is not based on what he sees. God's performance is not based on what he knows. God, it's been this way for hundreds of years. He knows that he's God. God, they're using whips now. He knows that. He's God. Lord, whenever you get ready, I'm convinced he was ready long before 430 years went by. I'm convinced and convicted tonight that God was ready to do something about their bondage a long time before something was done about their bondage. God said, I see it, but I can't do it just because I see it. I can't come down. I can't do anything until my people give me something to do something with. Come on, get you. Please don't be offended, but get your thumb out of your mouth. Get your big boy britches on. Grow up in the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to be polite tonight. Amen. But there is a stronghold in this church. You're good people. Amen. But you have bought into a lie of hell that it's all up to God. It's all up to God. It's all up to God. And God has sent me to this pulpit tonight to say if it was all up to him, amen, we wouldn't have about 35 or 40 people here tonight. If it was all up to him, uh, amen, this would be a bigger building, uh, a bigger congregation. If it was all up to God, uh, the true church would be the biggest church uh, in the Kansas City metro. You mean to tell me that God's not bigger than false doctrine? You know I'm preaching the truth. Why don't you make it personal? Stop generalizing what you know about God and bring it on down to where it really matters. It matters to me what I know about God. 
and it matters to God what he knows about me. And God said as soon as they want it bad enough to do something about it, as God will do something about it. As soon as their desire affects their mouth, as soon as their desire affects what they say, I have heard their cry, and I am come to deliver. Oh, somebody lift your voice. Hallelujah. 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 He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Don't just stand there and say amen, but let something supernatural take place in your soul. Amen, my wife, amen, can testify to what I'm about to say. Amen, she hears about every message I ever preach, and she can testify. It's been years since I've been as anointed as I've been here in Olathe. It's been years since in succession of service after service after service, there's such a strong Holy Ghost connection, baby. Am I preaching the truth? Amen. Yes, I am. I'm telling you, God is up to something. What are you up to? You're not all that, and you haven't arrived, and God's not going to do anything just because he wants to. God's trying to wake up the true church. Amen. I'm bigger than you're letting me be. I'm greater than you're letting me be. I'm more powerful than you're letting me be. I haven't even opened up my notes tonight. Amen. The only thing, amen, akin to my notes that I've preached so far is my text and my title. But I'm in the Holy Ghost. Somebody hear what thus saith the Spirit to the church.
I remember as a very young pastor craving revival. <laughs> I remember a Sunday morning revival service. We, man, we were in revival. We had us an evangelist. Bless God, we're in revival. Just an ordinary Sunday morning service, so it seemed. Good preaching. I don't really remember a lot of the details. I just remember, I mean, if it was bad, surely I'd have remembered it. Just good church. Just a good Sunday morning service. I remember dismissing the service, going over it. To my place on the platform when I got to my place to gather my stuff together something from heaven came down on me I'm telling you something heavy from heaven fell on this preacher before it was all said and done I was on the floor in a fetal position crying and talking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit began to operate and the message went forth. I still remember the meat of the interpretation when God told man that small church in southeastern Oklahoma compel them and I will draw them. Bring them and I will save them. You have a role to play in the perfect will of God. You have a part to play in God's divine production. God is on center stage and God is in the spotlight but he's not the only performer on the stage. Amen. Jesus said in his earthly ministry amen truly the harvest is plenteous. Amen. The harvest is plenteous. That word harvest there means opportunity for reaping. There is a mega plenteous. There is an awesome opportunity to reap. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already under harvest. He said, look at the revival potential all around you. The Living Bible reads it something like this. Vast fields of human souls are all around you, ready for reaping. And that same Jesus that said there is an awesome opportunity. That same Jesus said the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest. He'll send laborers. Hallelujah. You know what the Holy Ghost is telling the truth, church? He needs some compellers so he can draw. 
He needs some bringers so he can say, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless, shall doubtless, shall doubtless, shall doubtless, shall doubtless, shall doubtless. Doubtless come again, rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. But you can't come rejoicing with harvest in your hands until you first want it bad enough to weep and to cry and to pray and to desire and to sow some seed. If I was preaching just a message on faith in God's power, most of you would be on your feet. But I'm preaching the power of personal responsibility. And you're sitting there deciding whether or not you're going to agree with this preacher. When I'm preaching out of the same Bible, the same Bible that says God has all power is the same Bible that says, go you therefore. I have all power. And because I have all power, go. Because I'm the Almighty, go do something with it. The 70 came back rejoicing and said, Lord, have mercy. Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. How do they know? Because they went and used the name. They came back with a testimony because they went on a mission. We have a when we have a bigger youth department, when we have a when we have a bigger choir, when we when we have better how are you gonna get a bigger youth program without getting more youth? I mean you, oh my Lord, you don't have a bigger youth program. You don't have revival because you have a bigger youth program. You have a bigger youth program because you have revival. You don't have revival because you have a bigger choir. You have a bigger choir because you've had revival. But we just, we don't, we got, we got it all figured out, don't we? Well, when all of this comes together, when everything is just right, uh-uh. I'm telling you revival can come when all hell is breaking loose and everything is going wrong. He just... He just needs somebody to do right with whatever's going on. 
Come on, don't sit there in your prison feeling sorry for yourself and just accept this. Well, this just must be the will of God. I must have done something that I shouldn't have done or this God would have let this happen. I don't know. I trust you, Lord. You know where I am, Lord. And, and so you see, Lord, I know you see where I am. And I know, Lord, that when you get ready, you'll deliver me. And God said, I've been ready. Open up your mouth. Pray a prayer. Sing a song. Offer a sacrifice of praise don't just go through your little routine and expect me to flex my divine muscles amen how bad do you want revival I know you've been through some stuff. I know there's been some junk that's gone down. I know there's issues and situations. But don't you know God knows about that? And don't you convince yet that God's bigger than all that nonsense? When are you going to stop using that as an excuse? Well, when all that finally wears off, when these scars heal up, God said, no, I don't need your scars healed. I need your mouth open. In spite of your scars, in spite of your stripes, in spite of your problems, in spite of persecution, in spite of misunderstanding, in spite of family problems. Come on, I can, I can get more plain. Amen, but I think you know what I'm saying. In spite of all the negative, he's still a positive God. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you just make up your mind? Amen. I'm going to stop letting circumstances determine my response. Hey, 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 hey. I'm going to let heaven identify my experience. Come on, Jacob. I know you're running for your life. Amen. I know. Amen. You're not comfortable. I know you got a rock under your head, but heaven wants to come down in spite of the family dynamic. In spite. In spite of your brother being offended at you. In spite of the family problem. In spite of division and misunderstanding and competition between your parents. In spite of all that's going wrong, I've got a ladder prepared. I've got angels assigned. If you'll just let heaven come down, I'll come down. If you'll receive it, I'll say it. Lift up your hands and give God the glory right now. I'm about done. Tell it, Boshi, Kota, Labana, Mandana.
I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight. My faith is stirred up. God's big enough to double this church in a month. What you going to do with what God wants to do? Well, you're just being an evangelist. You're just using evangelist speak. Yes, I'm an evangelist. But this evangelist is saying what he feels like, saying in the Holy Ghost, God wants to do it. What are you going to do about it? He's ready. He's ready. He's ready. He's already seen. He's God. He knows everything. He knows everything that's right. He knows everything that's wrong. My Bible declares when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Amen. Heaven's calendar said it's time for Jehovah to become our salvation. Heaven said, can I preach it? It's time for revival. It's revival time. But I submit to you, it took more for revival to come than for heaven to say it's time for revival. God said, I got to have some human participation. It doesn't matter what I want or what time it is. Until Mary says, be it unto me according to thy word. Stop worrying about what Sam Ballot's saying. He's saying what he's supposed to say. He's sand ballot. Stop being so distracted with Tobiah's vocabulary. He's just saying what he's supposed to say. He's Tobiah. He's an Ammonite. What do you think he's going to say? Stop running the corner every time your adversary clears his throat. He's your adversary. That's what he's supposed to do.
it's, it just makes sense. They're saying what they're supposed to say because that's who they are. I read Sanballat said, that makes sense. Tobiah said, that makes sense. Our adversary said, that makes sense. But I'm telling you, Judah said, that doesn't make a lick of sense. Say what? Say what? We can't? Because of what's been? We can't have a glorious future because we've got a negative past. Say what? I, I, if, if that's rude, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. I, I'm, 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 just, I'm just showing you what some of you are looking like. I mean, not spiritually. I mean, it's on your... You're not on trial and God's not against you. But Judah, you have no right to say we can't. I don't care how long the wall's been torn down, how many years ago the gates were burned, how big the adversary. You have no right. Need some help, Judah? Hey, man, let me help you out. Hey, man, I've got an answer for sand ballot. What do these people choose? We ain't feeble. Will they fortify themselves? Yes, we will. You better believe it, buddy. Will they make an end of the day? Absolutely. Say what? Why don't you say this? What shall we then say to these things? What shall we then say? What shall we then say? Say it. Say what? If God be for us. It ain't just my mouth. My feet want to say it. My hands want to say it. My soul wants to say it. Say what? Don't say, I've never been a soul winner. Say, I'm about to win a soul.
and say it with conviction and desire. Don't say, I've never prayed through. Say, I'm about to get something from God I've never got before. The word is nigh thee in thy heart and in thy mouth. The word of faith which we preach. God's not waiting on this preacher. He's waiting on what I'm preaching to get in your mouth. Because to the church, Paul wrote, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Jesus declared in his word, be it unto you according to your faith. The wise man said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We'll let the charismatic uh, false doctrine churches uh, abuse uh, the truth. And because they abuse the scripture, we don't use it. We avoid it because they abuse it. The strength of the bearer of burdens is decayed. We're tired, preacher. We've been through a lot. There's much rubbish. There's too much to do and not enough to do it with. Say what? Judah, 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 have you forgotten who you are? You're the tribe that Messiah is born into. The scepter, the authority shall not depart out of Judah. You're the tribe of authority. You're the tribe of royalty. Come on, somebody declare it tonight. If God be for us, who? Hey, John declared that ye are of God, little children, because greater is he that is in you. Amen. The word is nigh thee in thy heart and in thy mouth. Somebody speak a word of faith. I'm a prayer warrior. I'm a soul winner. Come on, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the
pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself, somebody hear it. But brother, sister, don't just hear it. Say it. Say it. Say it. I have heard their cry. Come on. He caught a boshake. He caught a makata. He told a boshi. Somebody's to get in the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost say what it wants to say. I'm telling you something's going down in the Holy Ghost right now. You ain't just going to show up and God show out. You're going to have to have some skin in the game. You're going to have to want it enough to do something about it. Worship more, pray more, desire more, hunger more, thirst more. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Come on, say what you feel in the Holy Ghost. Come on, say what you feel in the Holy Ghost. Dear God, see some faces and call some names and claim their salvation. God's ready. He's ready. He's ready. He's ready. He has all power. Go, go, go. He has all power. Go. He has all power. Go. He has all power. Pray. He has all power. Worship. He has all power. Witness. Martha, don't say he's going to rise someday. Martha, don't say revival later. Martha, don't say revival later. Don't say revival someday. It's revival now. It's resurrection today. I am I am now faith 
is. He's a very present help. Be it unto me according to thy word. God declared his divine intentions. He said, this is what I want to do with you. This is my desire. This is what I want. Aren't you glad Mary didn't say, I can't? I never have, and so I can't now. I'm not qualified because of my fill in the blank. I'm not rich enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. I, I'm not talented enough. I don't have the right personality. I don't have the right last name. I don't have the right parents. I don't have enough experience. Aren't you glad Mary didn't say, I can't. I'm sorry, Brother Gabriel. I can't. Aren't you glad a little virgin's faith reached beyond experience? And got a hold of God's will and received a word from the Lord. Says, God, I don't understand it. But if you want it, so be it. Count me in. Whatever, you know, whatever I can do to help it happen. Whatever I can do to help revival come to my people. Whatever I can do to help to facilitate salvation. If heaven says it's time for revival, I've never done what you're asking me to do. But I refuse to say no to the will of God. I refuse to disagree with God's divine purpose. This is what I'll say. Say what? Be it unto me according to thy word. Hey, say what? Thank God for revival. Say what? This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Say what? At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Say what? Amen. Say what? Say what? Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your desire. Thank you, Jesus, for an opportunity. 
God's not complimenting you uh, on your past performance. Uh, he's offering you an opportunity uh, into a dimension you've never yet dwelt in. Uh, amen. Don't stand there and disagree with God. Uh, receive you the word of the Lord uh, and let the word deny thee. Uh, Amen, not in your head, but get it in your heart. Get a conviction about revival. Get a conviction about evangelism. Get a conviction about prayer. Get a conviction about being a revival church. It's in your heart, and then it's in your mouth. Everybody together, let's thank God right now. Thank God for his desire. Lord, here's mine. Here's mine. Here's mine, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Not because I'm the one asking. Because I'm the one that preached. Not because of that. But how many know that you heard from God tonight? How many know? How many know that you heard from God tonight? Now we can do with this what we normally do and see no fruit. This is what you always do, and there's nothing wrong with this. What's wrong is it's just just this. You come around the front and clap and wave your hands and talk in tongues, and man, that's good preaching. Woo! But it's about what you do with it tomorrow and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Jesus said, there is an awesome opportunity. Jesus declared the amount of harvest is dependent upon the degree of labor. You'll get all the harvest you work for. He said the harvest, the opportunity for reaping is plenteous. Anybody ever drove I-70 in West Kansas? Anybody ever saw a field 
a crop. You don't drive I 70 in the fall and say, man, look at that harvest. Because it ain't harvest if it's still in the field. It's a possibility a big storm will come, a rainy season will come, and that wheat will never be harvested. It's still connected to the soil. It ain't harvested till it's in the silo. You drive in Kansas and say, man, look at the potential for harvest. Look at the opportunity for reaping. Man, if we can just get enough combines out here, look at the revival potential. You don't say, look at the harvest. You say, look at the potential for harvest. Look at the crop. Jeez, I know we read the word harvest. That's King James. That's English. The Greek word is look at the opportunity for reaping. It's not harvest until it's been reaped. What turns it from potential to reality is reaping. So Jesus said, the more reapers we get in the field, the more harvest we can rejoice over. I've got a conviction. I've got a conviction that every one of you, every one of you in this room today can have a serious conversation with at least one person every day the rest of this week. A serious conversation is not just hand them a church card and say, I'd like you to come and have a revival. No, but I'm talking about look them in the eye and say, you know, I've been praying for you. Don't just call them up, but say, yeah, you can call them up and say, hey, let's meet for coffee. Can I take you to lunch? You got plans for dinner tomorrow. Sit across that table and look them square in the eye. Not holier than thou, not I'm all this and you're nothing. I'm saved and you're lost. I'm on my way to heaven and you're on your way to hell. No, I've not come to rub anything in your face. I'm just come to tell you, I've been praying for you. And God loves you. I'm convinced, I'm convinced that you can do that. Every one of you can do that to four different people. Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. My wife and I are loading up early in the morning. Hmm. Mid-morning, depending on when you get up. We're heading out of state for a few days to some anniversary services for a pastor friend of ours. I, 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 my wife and I would make a, if we had to go out to eat every day, Whatever, we don't know anybody around here, but we'd find somebody to talk to. I promise you, we would do that. I promise you, God knows, we would do that. I'm not going to ask you to do something that I am not willing to do. I, I plan on doing that when we get back. 
but we ain't got time for everybody to wait till I get back to start. Amen. You've done right so far with what you've heard tonight. But the real test is what you do tomorrow with what God said tonight. And I'm about to ask for some commitments, some honest before God commitments. I'll do everything. I will make a conscious effort. I'm not trying to let anybody off. God knows. God wants you, or I wouldn't be doing this. I cleared this with your man of God. I said, it's time. I feel like for some commitments. He said, you do what you feel. Amen. It's time to get our hands in the harvest. It, it's, it's one thing to hand a flyer to somebody at Old Settler's Day. It's one thing to hand them an iPad and say, hey, we're giving away something. Wonderful. Great. I'm proud of you. That was wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. But God said, we're going to take it to another level. We're going to make it personal. Amen. You know, every one of you know four people that need God. Every one of you know four people that need God that you have cred with. Go you therefore. Because he has all power. Don't be afraid. I, I, it's, some of you have never done this. And you're scared to death. What's there to be afraid of? God, God wants the walls built. God says, I've, I'm ready for revival. The fullness of time has come. God sent his messenger saying, it's time for salvation in your life. It's time for salvation, honey, in your family. Be it unto me. Be it unto me. Amen. Before God and with God's help, would you lift up your hand and say, Lord, I commit. I commit, Lord, to making a conscious effort every day for the next four days. A conscious effort. Lord, if I've got to get up early or stay up late. God, I commit to set aside time for evangelism every day. Lord, it's not going to take the place of my prayer time or my Bible reading time. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. But I'm going to spend extra time, Lord. I commit. Lord, I commit every day. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to put forth my best effort to talk to somebody about their soul, to talk to somebody every day about salvation. Some of you are seeing faces right now. Some of you already know. Amen. Tomorrow, amen, I'm reaching out to so-and-so. But I'm telling you, if so-and-so doesn't respond, reach out to somebody else. Amen. God knows your heart. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my, I believe doors are already starting to open. I believe as you're making a commitment, uh, those people that you're feeling the burn for, I feel this in the Holy Ghost, uh, they're thinking about you. They're thinking about this. Hey, 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 don't be surprised if they say, what a coincidence. I've been thinking about you the last day or so. Come on now. Let's thank God for confirming his word. Come on, somebody thank God for going before and preparing the way.
He that goeth forth weeping. He that goeth forth weeping. He that goeth forth have a good season of prayer. Pray to you, pray through. Pray to you, weep over a soul. And then go harvest a soul. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. True effectiveness of this message tonight is not testified by your audience around the front of the sanctuary. It's what happens in this body the next four days. Let's lift our hands and thank God tonight. In Jesus' name.